Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Which, if you are on video, you will have noted is actually Starbucks today. Um, oh, I should say today is Monday, February 28th, 2022. Last day of 2022. <laughs> no, wrong. Last day of February. That was a funny slip. Um, and the husband went and did an airport ride for someone early this morning. And he brought me back a special release day Starbucks treat. Because yay, today's release day. Grey magic out in the world. Living large. Um, very exciting. Yeah. Um. I was trying to think about what am I going to talk about today other than Grey Magic is out in the world. Uh, I mentioned on Friday, like maybe I could do a reading or something like that, but only one person said that they wanted that. Sorry, Laura. Um, you know, in like Facebook Live, then I don't know. We'll sort of see how the day progresses. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a funny thing. Um, I, I often get asked what I do to celebrate release days. And release days, um, and I, I do think I've talked about this many times before, to, release days to me feel like a, um, a relaxing, a letting go, um, a coming down, as opposed to like a pitch of woohoo. Um, I love that there were so many wonderful pre-orders for this book. I reached a personal best, more pre-orders for this book than any book that I've done on my own. A couple of the anthologies have gotten bigger. Uh, but you know, for all that the anthologies, there's like four of us, there's not four times as many pre-orders as for this. So, so yeah, I'm just, um, I'm thrilled. I'm delighted and thrilled. Ah. And of course, you know, it's a funny time with, uh, with Russia invading Ukraine and how that's been going and the people working on that. Um, lots of, of good comments out in the world, though. Um, you know, people reminding us that we still need joy. We still need those things. Oops. That's the Dorinda text tone. Hold on a moment. All right. So Dorinda is going deep into Rider Cave to finish her uh, books. So she's tapping out for the week. Her books, her book. I feel like fuzzy brain today. Um, I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it could be just like that. Release day energy going out into the world. Maybe I won't do a whole lot today. <laughs> we'll see. It was funny because um, I had church yesterday with uh, Megan and Charlie. We had a bottle of champagne. That was lovely. I'm trying to think if I'm allowed to. Uh... We were celebrating a couple things. I, I can't remember if I'm allowed to say. So, and I don't know, could it be that um, 
drinking a lot of champagne yesterday afternoon is responsible for me being muzzy headed this morning. Say it isn't so. I don't think that's it. So anyway, um, rambling podcast today. I should be like doing some sort of snazzy release day thing. And yet this is what you get. You get me muddling my way through my Starbucks. Yeah. So, um, Dorinda's crunching to finish this book. I may not do a lot today. That's what I was thinking about was, um, Megan was asking me if now that I've finished gray magic and released it, if I'm going to take some time off. And I said, well, I did take some time off last week. And she, she was very funny. Cause she's like, and what did you do? And I said, well, Monday and Tuesday, I was in LA doing the, um, hotel search for nebula conference and Wednesday I pretty much flew back. You know, there was a travel day and I did do copy edits and polishing. So I said, okay, you know, but that's, that's not drafting, but I did work on the book that day. And I said, but then Thursday and Friday and over the weekend, I didn't write at all. Um, and she said, yes, but what did you do? And I was like, well, I did a lot of business stuff, getting things off my to-do list. And she's like, that doesn't count as taking time off. I'm like, yeah, but what would I do? <laughs> what would I do with myself? Especially with it being the end of February. I mean, it's kind of warming up, but it's not great weather. It's not like I can be out puttering in the garden. It's not nice enough for that. And yeah, what would I do? I mean, I did take you know, yesterday afternoon, I went and ran some errands and, and I did dork around a lot this weekend. Um, I got a lot of household things done. So, so I don't know. I'd much rather if I'm going to take time off and like not work on anything at all, I'd much rather do it when I get to go do fun things. So, so yeah, I've got um, some things to do. I'm doing a panel this afternoon, an online panel for pro writing aid. They asked if CIFO would do something. And so I'm doing it. Um, Lexi Chantal put it together and I'm doing it with Mary Robinette Kowal. And I don't think anybody else. We asked a couple other people and I think they couldn't do it. So, but we're going to talk about writing fantasy. And, um, that'll be interesting. Otherwise I don't think I have major obligations today. I may just try to, um, you know, just post things and be around and that sort of thing. And who knows Laura Darnell, maybe I will do a Facebook live thing, but, um, right now I'm feeling a little like not so much. Do I want to do that? I also feel like even though it's good to promote things um, and remind people that there's, you know, give us our escapism and, and my story, I mean, gray magic is very much about fighting tyranny and fighting the Putins of the world. Um, even though I, you know, do think it's okay. I also feel weird partying too much, you know? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> it's only seven and a half minutes. I need to think of other things to talk about here. 
I do have notes. I should talk about that. So I've been reading Juliette Morillier. I had mentioned that. I'm going to try to only say her name once because the transcript really hates that name. <laughs> I'm now on the third book of the Seven Waters series. And so first one's Daughter of the Forest, then Son of the Shadows, and now Child of the Prophecy. And it's very interesting how she goes about her series. Uh, I kind of feel a little bit like where has she been all my reading life? Why didn't I pick up Daughter of the Forest a long time ago since it's been on my Kindle forever? She really writes fantasy romance, guys. Um, it's each one of her books has a core romance that's very important to the development of the character. And it's interesting to me that she's published by Tor and she's really presented as being fantasy. Um, and her fantasy is very dense and delicious. Her word world building is gorgeous, although it's more like a historical fantasy. It's all set in... Um, I think sort of a non-time delimited Ireland. A lot of it's, um, you know, sort of with the old ones and the, the Fae and humans and then the conflict between Ireland and Britain and there's Vikings who arrive. So, you know, it's sort of that vaguely Arthurian time scale. Someone who knows more about specific history periods might be able to tell me, but I, I suspect she's deliberately vague about it. Um, and there's nothing, at least so far, no mention of, of Arthur or any of that stuff besides that would be in Britain. And there's occasionally trips into Britain, but for the most part, it takes place in Ireland and it's very Irish. And I would say that one of the huge differences between how she writes the kind of story that she writes and the kind of story I write is, I'm going to sneeze. I, I want to say that she kills people off more readily than I do. And I'm wondering if that's true. She takes a, a broader scope approach than I do. So, for example, the and I feel like this isn't spoilery, but if you don't want to know anything, tap out. In the first book, oh, and I should look up what this fairy tale is. Hold on. Okay, so Daughter of the Forest is a retelling of the Wild Swans, which was, uh, now I'm fresh on this knowledge, uh, Hans Christian Andersen's story, where uh, the princess's 11 brothers are turned into swans, and she must labor to break the enchantment. Uh, in Daughter of the Forest, there's seven um, and the six brothers are turned into swans and the youngest, the daughter, has to do all this stuff to break the enchantment. And after that, I mean, I could really see how she deliberately set out to do this fairy tale retelling and then the subsequent stories are not. Uh, but she uses romance tropes, you guys. I mean, they're totally... She does enemies to lovers uh, in the first two books. Second book is even Secret Baby. Um, which I just wonder, 
what people would think if I said, you know, these are these tropes that are being used. Um, so I think were I writing it, I would have <clears throat> wanted to go on from Daughter of the Forest because it's all told from uh, Sorsha's point of view, um, the the daughter who must labor. And I think it's, I think they're all first person point of view, it seems to me. So that's all told from her point of view. And I really expected the next book to be like, go into one of the brothers' stories, which is, I think, what the traditional romance canon approach would do. And instead, it picks up with Sorsha's daughter, um, Son of the Shadows, it's about her daughter. And there are... I'm trying to do this without spoiling. I feel like this really isn't much of a spoiler because you find out within a couple of first couple of pages, but like in the time between the first and second book, two of the brothers have died and they've died in battle. And I guess that's very realistic. And she wants, I feel like she kills people off <laughs> much more readily than I do. Um, and I know that I have characters die, but I think I tend to, I would have liked had all the brothers live. And so it's an interesting choice to me. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I think she's going for this sort of generational scope, which is, and I tend to be much more close focused. And maybe that's the difference between, you know, people often ask what's, you know, like romantic fantasy, fantasy romance. Um, this has a much more, over the generations scope like that. And so now the third book, Child of the Prophecy, is someone else's child. And and I was really trying to figure out who it was gonna be. And it took me a little while because told from that first person, it's like, what are the clues? Who who is this? And so it's kind of cool when you figure out who it is. And so now it's not as big a leap in time as there was from, well, actually, it is close to the same leap in time from book one to two and two to three. So, so yeah, that makes it interesting. Um, I don't know that I would do it that way. She, I get much more attached to my characters, I think, than she does. And maybe that's part of where I'm getting this, where she's much more willing to kill her characters off. You know, like having two of the brothers die in battle like that off page in the interim. And I mean, it's like, well, I guess that's realistic because that's what happened in that era. Uh, still. Yeah. I, I would not be so willing to do that. And that may be my, um, you know, we talk about voice. What is an author's voice? And I was explaining this to someone over the weekend, this gal who um, for romancing the vote, I donated six months of author coaching and the gal who won paid over $1,500 to win that. I was like, wow. Um, and so we were talking about voice and I said that voice, the best explanation I've ever heard of author voice is that it arises from your beliefs. And yeah. So that, your beliefs infuse everything you write. 
and you do refine that over time. And she was talking about refining voice and what that meant. And she kind of had, I don't know, a different perspective on it than I do. Uh, she was talking about trying out different kinds of stories and seeing which ones fit her voice. And, and I was, voice is a hard thing to talk about because it doesn't always make sense. Yes, it, or maybe it defies quantification rather than making sense. Um, yes, it arises from your beliefs. It arises from the core of who you are as a person, but many of us are muddy about who we are as people, especially when we're younger. And especially when you're first refining your craft as a writer, you don't always know how to have that shine through in everything you write, if that makes sense. And one thing that she said was, I said, so that you sound, it, it takes a lot of writing. It takes a lot of words and a lot of um, refining and I'm repeating myself, uh, cutting away things, cutting away the chaff. And I said, so that you don't sound like your influences anymore. And she said, oh, well, I have so many influences. I, that won't be a problem for me. And it's like, yeah, actually, I that does muddy things. I think that muddies things. Um, you want your voice to come through like clear water. And when you have a lot of influences or a lot of things uh, getting in the way, then it's not clear water. And I think the only thing that does get to that point where you purify is writing a whole lot. And that's why we talk about, you know, like a million words to learn your craft or to get your voice to come through. Or there's a lot of people who, you know, like this end goal, whatever it is, but write a million words. Um, yeah, it just takes that, that repeated practice. Um, David's always telling me, you know, about, cause he's a musician about the, uh, you know, like how the Beatles played in those German pubs for a long time. And they played a lot of covers and they played their own songs too, but you know, like night after night after night. And that's the kind of thing that you need to do. Like before you hit this this point of recognizable, I want to say brilliance, but it doesn't have to be brilliance, but where your voice comes through, where it's like, this is your thing that you've created. This is your art. Uh, you have to spend a lot of time doing it over and over again until you really cut away all of the things that are not you. And that part that is you really shines through. It's interesting to me with the Bonds of Magic books um, and people have already been sending me nice notes because people have read it already. That's so funny to me. It's like, um, well, this one gal's in France. So I guess she read it all day today and um, she already read it and loved it. And she said that this is her favorite of my books. And I've been hearing that from a lot of people and I've been thinking about that. And I think in some ways, you know, though I loved all of the, 12 Kingdoms and Uncharted Realms books, those started from a slightly muddier place for me. And that world is shaped by my other influences. Um, and then there's all the spin-offs to that. And I, I, I do love all those books, but 
I do think that they speak more to my influences than to where I'm at now. Uh, Forgotten Empires is maybe a step in between. But then when I wrote Dark Wizard, that was a book I really wanted to write for a long time. And I do think that that book and maybe this series is more me than than anything else. Maybe my voice is shining most clearly through this. So, um, so yeah, happy release day uh, to me and to you. Thanks to all of you for supporting these books. And I will be round and about today. So, um, yeah. And I will talk to you all tomorrow. You all take care. Bye-bye.